0: Filthy, dirty, degenerate shitbags. This is your commish speaking. Week 6 in the NFL came to an end on Monday Night Football in dramatic fashion. The Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans slugging it out. Or should I say Buffalo Bills and Derrick Henry slugging it out. Tennessee as a squad, in my opinion, not that great. I mean, barely a fucking playoff team. Derrick Henry, though, is a fucking nuclear weapon. He's a fucking horse amongst ponies fucking bowling ball amongst testicles testicles but the moral of the story here is buffalo fucking should have won that game i mean seconds on the clock what a stupid play call i mean do like a wide receiver sweep fucking anything go for overtime just you know what just fucking whatever so anyways we're not getting shit for votes on the last place punishment that i posted on the espn website i didn't realize nobody gives a shit maybe i'll just decide by myself i'll say you know what last place has to cross a public street fucking ass naked with a sock over your junk like that abbey road red hot chili peppers album back in the day i mean that's what happens when you guys don't vote that's what you're gonna get stuck with it's all fun and games until that's you good call kamish. that's funny thank you kevin i appreciate your opinion anyways this episode we're gonna talk to adam and shane shane and adam co-managers of the Large Penis Club. That's going to be off the fucking chain. Big boner for this conversation. I mean, if I'm being honest, I get boners for all the guest conversations, but I've never had a three-way, so it's a different kind of boner, like a more curious, playful boner. One reason this podcast will never really have a huge following is because I say boner like five times just right there, like in the last sentence, and I'll probably end up saying it about 100 more times before this episode is over. So check it out. I don't know if you guys remember hearing this sound effect from last week's episode Yeah, that sound is the sound effect for a rivalry, a rivalry game, which at this point we're calling any time a series that is tied. However, I reserve the right to use that if an all-time series is five to four or three and two, but basically like one game off of being tied. I was looking for a different sound, but that is the best I could find, so that's just how it's going down for right now. You guys find a better one, send that shit my way. So listen, fucking more shit I want to get into, but right now, it's time for some Week 6 highlights. Mazel Tov Cocktails versus the Moose Knucklers. Listen, I've already seen what happens to my squad when I jinx it and talk shit to my opponents. That's why I treated Ryan's team with the utmost respect this week, going into the matchup. I'll say this, for the second week in a row... I went into my last game of the week losing, and I was dependent on Josh Allen to dig me out of this hole. Ryan was winning by about 25 going into Monday Night Football. He had Ryan Tannehill playing. Aside from Josh Allen, I had Derrick Henry. I also had A.J. Brown. But holy fucking shit. Derrick Henry goes off for 47 points. Josh Allen goes off for 40. I didn't think I'd get shit from A.J. Brown after I heard he got food poisoning, yet he throws down 16 I was down 25 when this shit started. I ended up winning by 60. Ryan was led by 22 from Zeke Elliott, 24 from Noah Fant, 20 from the Rams defense, but another subpar performance from a wide receiver trio that was once considered the best in the league. He only got 27 points total from these three who put up over 80 at one point. So Ryan's gonna need more from these guys moving forward, and that is Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, and Tyler Lockett. So Mazel tov cocktails just literally fucking explode to finish this game out, 192 to 133. I don't exactly know how it is I'm doing what I'm doing right here, but my dominance over Ryan continues. My all-time record against Ryan improves to seven and one. Ryan is now on a five-game losing streak. The Cousin Fuckers versus The Old Dirty Bastards. So if you think about these two team names for a minute, these aren't people you want to sit next to on a city bus. But nobody really rides city buses anyway. Beunis and Tim went into this matchup thinking this is the week they finally get Christian McCaffrey back. But instead, Christian McCaffrey gets put back in the IR late in the week. Their fucking team is so ravaged with injuries, they didn't even have room on the IR to put McCaffrey. They pick up... Brandon Bolden, the running back for the Patriots, as a flyer, and he goes on to get one point. That's the kind of week it was for the Cousin Fuckers. The rest of their squad didn't do terrible. Daryl Henderson, 28. Deontay Johnson, 19. Zach Ertz, 13. Now a member of the Arizona Cardinals. But Chris Hill, he's dealing with injuries this week as well. Nick Chubb and Kenny Galladay, they're in the IR. But he reaches into his old dirty underwear, and he finds 36 from Kyler Murray. 24 from the waiver pickup, Alex Collins. 15 from Hawkinson. 14 from Emmanuel Sanders, and 18 from the Arizona D. The cousin fuckers—they've been milking every last bit of gold from the goat Tom Brady. They only managed to get 25 this week from him. The final score here: 140 to 120. Cousin fuckers, three and three. Old dirty bastards, four and two. <laughs> Buffalo expectations versus Jamie fucking Lopez. I'm going to start out by saying this. I don't know what Jamie's been smoking these last four weeks, but it's not weed. It might be some some of that TB12 avocado ice cream shit. This matchup was not even close. Let me read these stats to you. Dak Prescott, 40. Kareem Hunt, 14. James Robinson, 22. C.D. Lamb, 37. Antonio Brown, 24. Josh Jacobs, 18. Rick Seals Jones, 15. Indiana defense, 14. just It's just fucking ridiculous. So Andrew and Pollock, they're forced to start a new QB. Sam Darnold, he puts up 21. Aaron Jones, 24. DeAndre Hopkins, 20. Only 10 from Darren Waller, but the biggest shocker was 9 from Austin Eckler, who's been an absolute stallion this year. Yes, they left 69 points on the bench, but it, it wouldn't have made a difference here. The final score was 196 to 118. Andrew and Pollock are left stunned. They're demoralized. They're naked and vulnerable. They're hungry. They're malnourished. I'll say this. Yes, they're two and four, but they have more points scored against them than anyone else, which is 954. They are fourth in the league in points scored at 910. They've had some bad luck to start the first half of the season, but as y'all know, it's only about how this shit ends. When you're scoring this much points, shit tends to sort itself out. Jamie, on the other hand, he moves to 4-2. and two. He's the hottest team in the league right now with four straight wins. With this win, he ties the all-time series 5-5, five five, putting this into the rivalry category. Taylor versus fucking Debo. I'm going to be honest, I don't feel good talking about this matchup. This is my least favorite type of shit when it happens, but here we go. One hour before kickoff on Sunday games, the Indianapolis Colts announced T.Y. Hilton is coming off the IR. This is fucked up because obviously he's been practicing, and they could have announced this earlier in the week. There has to be a level of strategy when teams do this. The problem is, this was nowhere on Joe's radar. He has a roster that wasn't expected to include T.Y. for weeks, so he misses the fact that he now has 15 active players on the roster. Debo he then proceeds to have one of his best games of the season He gets 38 from Jonathan Taylor 30 from AR 12 20 from DeAndre Swift 24 from the Bears rookie he just scooped up off of waivers Taylor on the other hand he didn't get much from Lamar this week but 35 from Fournette 24 from Stefan Diggs 20 from just only six from Terry McLaurin but Joe puts up 160 Taylor 157 the problem here is is with 15 active players on the roster, that's a violation of league rules. Punishment would be to forfeit the points of the guy that played for T.Y. Hilton. However, there is no way to know who that would be, so then it defaults to the lowest amount of points scored from the same position. So that turned out to be 11 from D.K. Metcalf. These points come off the board. They change the outcome of the game. Debo now falls to 1-5, Taylor's 4-2. and two. I know we have these rules in place to prevent hoarding players, but shit like this just seems like it should be more like the exception than the rule. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is at this point. Not a feel-good win for Taylor. Debo falls deeper to the bottom of the league. Radke versus Justin, rivalry game. As these two motherfuckers are two and two all time. We discussed this with Radke last week, and then Justin the week before. They didn't want to ruin their Sunday by watching these games together. Here's what fucking happened. Radke shot out 33 from Mahomes, 10 from Chase Edmonds, 6 from Antonio Gibson, 7 from T. Higgins, only 7 from Hollywood Brown, 17 from Mark Andrews. Justin goes ahead. He shoots out 30 from Jalen Hurts, 16 from Chubba Hubbard, 22 from Tyreek, 14 from Justin Jefferson, So Justin goes on to win this fucking matchup, 125 to 106. He's tied for second place at four and two. Radke's streak of six wins dating back to last season is broken, but he's still in first at five and one. I'm sure whatever communication these guys had this weekend was not friendly. Justin takes a series lead three to two. Large penis Club versus Kaepernick's Afro. Now, first of all, this is a monumental week for Blake's organization. He has officially gone into the league settings and given his team a new name, Kaepernick's fucking Afro. I have no beef with this. I'm happy about it. I think the fans are happy about it. They got new swag to purchase at the stadium. I mean, you don't even need a fictitious mascot. You got Colin Kaepernick, who's also been looking for a job. So you're giving jobs to people. I mean, this shit just feels good. It's a feel-good story of the week. But what didn't feel good, though had to be the absolute pounding that was unleashed by the LPC. Maybe it wasn't an absolute pounding. I mean, there was worse pounding that took place this week, but it was, at the very least, a raw slap to the testicles. The LPC had their best game of the season. There were large penises that ejaculated 28 from Najee Harris, 31 from Dalvin Cook, 30 from Adam Thielen, 23 from Cortland Sutton, only 15 from Justin Herbert though, 5 from Devonta Smith, but it didn't matter. I mean, Blake had 32 from Joe Mixon, 24 from Marvin Jones, 17 from Travis Kelsey, but what really fucked up Kaepernick's afro this week was 3 from Miles Gaskin, 4 from Mike Evans, 4 from Mike Williams. If Shane and Adam made their penises as big as it's been all year, Blake's penis shrunk into his nutsack like a baby elephant into a bag of dirty laundry. The LPC takes an 8-3 to all-time series lead. dudes what is up i got shane and adam here you guys are the first co-managers on here at the same time this is gonna be fucking dope shane we just found out this is your fucking birthday man happy fucking birthday
1: that's right man thanks buddy appreciate it yeah it's over 19
0: today's the day dude, fucking fantastic um dude real quick i heard that recently you lost your phone after bottomless mimosas at brunch with adam uh did you get that yeah. shit all sorted out no, it wasn't even recently.
1: It was like a good week and a half ago now. It's been a day. They sent me the phone back finally after like a week and a half or a week, and it, they didn't send a SIM sim card, so it's useless. Uh, I can't do texts or calls on it. Dude. <laughs>
0: How, uh, <I'm> <laughs> How fucking annoying is that, dude? But, uh, yeah,
1: and then my work phone, my backup phone, it's like it's an iPhone, but it's like from before they even started numbering the thing, like an iPhone X. 42 or something.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Jesus Steve Jobs right, actually man. handcrafted
1: that iPhone so.
0: himself. <laughs> Fuck, man. Well, I mean, hopefully you get back in the game here soon with your phone, man. I know how that feels. It's like being naked and vulnerable.
1: I know. It's brutal. All
0: yeah. right. So we got some shit to sort out. I'll just get this going. Last year at this time, you guys were 4-2. and two. You guys had scored 966 points. And this year, you're 2-4, and four, and you scored 831. Obviously, this has to be a sore subject, but I'm just going to read to the read to you guys the roster that you had a year ago right now. You had huh. Russell Wilson, you had Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Hollywood Brown, and Jared Cook. But now I'm going to read some names off your roster right now. Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Adam Thielen, Cortland Sutton, Devonta Smith, Jared Cook again, and, of course, Justin Herbert. Dude, so why is this roster two and four, and that one was four and two?
1: Yeah, you know, when I heard that first. The first roster rundown, I mean,
0: I loved it. It
1: sounds great, but you know, I was surprised this year. I'm, I'm not. I don't hate that at all. That actually sounds pretty good. I think it's been a slow start. I think we are climbing back finally in the total points scored column over the last two or three weeks, and the wins and losses, they'll, you know. That's hit or miss. That's a little bit of luck there. It falls however it will, but yeah. uh, literally. It's uh, At two and five, got to start putting some Ws down or else we're in serious trouble. But I am actually think we're in a good spot to do it. Okay. Yeah, I
3: would second that to some extent. I think, I mean, it's fantasy. You never really know what's going to happen. We had a couple slow starters. We had a couple, like Dalvin Cook has already been missed a couple games or been kind of questionable for a couple games. And that's kind of our big horse. Obviously, yeah, we did lose some. because apparently, if it was like a five-team sleeper, five-player sleeper league, we would've been set this year. Um, but we had to make some tough choices. It was between like Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Ayuk at the end, and clearly, we made the best possible choice. And the only player who's like not even playing. But the other part of it is too, is that like yes, we had that hot start last year, but we kind of flickered and died out towards the end of the season because we weren't able to maintain it. And so I do think that we have a little bit of a different strategy. Or we have a little bit more youth on our team, um, for better or worse, which hopefully will add some resiliency and maybe, you know, we'll hit at the right time because, as we all know, this is uh, there are, what, like 45 teams make the playoffs in this league, so you uh, just got to make the playoffs. As as Jaime showed us, no matter how shitty you start, kill it, check uh, So, yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, go with that.
0: Okay. So, I mean, it sounds like no reason to panic. I, I'm going to put that aside for a minute. Uh, there's been some rumors going around the league that you guys were in the coach's room. You guys were throwing clipboards, yelling at each other. Possibly you were naked, but some, some real co-manager drama. Like, are these rumors true or are these rumors false? Well, it's true. I mean,
1: it's so totally true. It's dramatic. It's drama to be a co-coach. Right? Like, I, think, uh, I think all the co-coaches will probably, I don't know, maybe it's just me and Adam. Me and Adam get back in a little, you know, back and forth about it. But yeah, man. No, it's true. We do. We have, we have words.
0: But uh,
1: I mean, it's not too crazy.
0: Well, all right. So, I mean, basically, you guys weren't throwing clipboards, but you were naked. Exactly. <laughs> Like well, you can't really make any
3: decisions properly as a co-manager without being naked. You got to be able to really see in their soul. Uh-huh. Yeah, you like. I mean, people forget we've been co-managers now for what, like six or seven years now. It feels like. Yeah. So uh, there's 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 time to kind of develop, you know, into ruts. There's time to kind of change a little bit, just like any marriage. You know, sometimes you grow apart in kind of your personal philosophies of it. And yeah, there's a reason why we're on a conference call right now because we can't look each other in the face currently. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there, there was some. There was a rough patch in the beginning. A lot of it is based upon our results, you know. But one of the things yeah. about uh, I was talking to Shane the other day about it, is that like. But in, these, in this co chairmen I mean, like, the lows are so low, but the highs are really high because you get to celebrate with someone. You get to, you know, fuck with Taylor by giving him ridiculous draft offer, trade offers, you know. And when you do exactly. win it, it's glorious. But when it's bad, it's really bad because you're looking at the other person like, well, I couldn't possibly be me, so it must be them. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's just some
0: time to get through it. Okay, so, Adam's fault,
2: though. <laughs> exactly.
0: Where so would you guys confirm like the hardest part about being a co-manager is like just basically setting the lineup and being on the same page with that.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, but there's times okay. that it helps too. Like Adam caught, came down with COVID like on a Thursday, you know, or our our backup, our bench player was gonna be on play on Thursday, you know, shit like that. That. Yeah, you know, maybe I catch something like that next week. You know, but uh, it helps too. Yeah. So there's upshots. Yeah. yeah. It, it it can be it can be a blunder, it can be a bust. I think we
3: came into it maybe a little sloppy. We felt pretty good after last year, like it's just so easy. Look at the team we put together last season. Uh, we should have won it, and I think we just you know it took us a little time to realize. Yeah, we got to kind of step through this and compromise, but you're totally right in that, like, you know, before you make any decision, you got to get someone else to approve it, and then it's like they don't like that, and then they have a counteroffer, and it's like you're wheeling and dealing just to make a lineup change, and sometimes that happens, you know, 30 minutes before the game starts on a yeah. Sunday, and it can be a little stressful on those times, but I think we've I think we, we've addressed it. I mean, it took okay. me to talk it out like grown ups, but uh, we did address it. We moved forward, and I think we're better for it. People should watch out now. We put up 170 this week.
0: Oh, shit. I don't know about we'll next week.
3: We have, like, <laughs> 19 players on by, But
0: Yeah, I'm going to actually get to that in a second. Adam, I got a question for you specifically. So, I mean, you guys have been co-managers forever, which means that you're basically next in line to get a franchise, uh, and we could possibly see some turnover this year. You know, some guys haven't been as stoked about the direction of the league, financially speaking, but, you know, if a team came available – I mean, would you jump at the opportunity to have your own squad or, you know, would you stay 50-50 like you are now? I mean, let me put it this way. If you're an offensive coordinator, would you take a head coaching job if it becomes available or are you trying to win a championship with this organization?
3: I'd like to give the the professional coaches answer and then, like, I'm focused on winning this season right now before (laughs) I, you know, entertain any other job offers. But uh, it would be stupid to say, like, I I wouldn't consider that because, like you said, we've been together for so long. Like any, you know, assistant coach, I'd be interested to see, you know, if I can make some moves myself, if I I have what it takes. Um, So I wouldn't be afraid of that opportunity. So I'd have to, like, seriously consider
0: it. Okay. That
1: That would be a complete betrayal to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, check it out. I'm going to go a different direction for a second here. I would have to look this up to see if it's true, but I don't believe that you guys have ever made a trade in the history of this league. Uh, you have to check back.
1: I don't know but we've been proposing trades
3: this year. That's actually not true. Um we did make a trade one year, I think it was like the first year that we co chaired, and I wanna say it was with Justin. Uh and this okay. is kinda why I think it, we've always thought of him as a rival because it's the second when we traded him, it was just like the ultimate trade rate, like I think whatever we got for him was complete garbage. And then he went on to just glory. I think he actually beat us with the players that we traded him like a week or so later. And it was just like, maybe we'll never trade again. Maybe that's what it was. (laughs) But it it, it involved, I think, Peyton Manning maybe. I can't even remember. But it did not go well for us. Okay, uh, and then okay. the other part is it's just the offers in this league there's a lot of trade rape yeah. potential trade's okay. going on, and uh we're just not we're not ready for that, yet.
0: so Taylor told me that he offered you guys a fuck ton of players. I don't even remember who it was, but he he was like, dude, when you talk to them, make sure you bring up that he said he offered you like Jerry Judy, all these dudes, and this was for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and then you guys just wanted one extra thing, and then it all fell apart was okay. was he trying to trade rape, rape you as well?
3: Oh, yeah. First of all, last time I checked, Jerry Jude was on IR. I just wanted to point that out. It was like three players on IR. It was basically his whole bench, or our whole bench. And it was all potential. And yes, it wasn't Clyde Edwards Larry who was on IR. It sucks, but...
2: It was OBJ, there, was, there was
3: yeah OBJ in there because of his potential. Yeah. And then Mike Davis, who's, I think, averaged about four points a game. For the infamous Atlanta offense, so I mean, it, maybe in his mind it was a good offer. To, to me, it was almost offensive. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, it sounds like you know it wasn't going to work. But so check this out. You guys got a huge dilemma coming up this week. Here's who you have on bye going into your game against Taylor. You got Justin Herbert, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. Minnesota defense, Jared Cook, and your kicker. Seven people on by. Taylor just has one wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. Are you guys – can you afford to take a loss here just to hold on to some of these guys, or is this the time to make some moves?
1: I don't know. I think it's getting dire. But I, I think at this point you might have to take a loss this week just because the sheer amount of moves, it would be a totally different team by the time we got back. Yeah. I mean, God,
3: taking that loss would hurt, especially to Taylor. But – uh we, I even tried playing with our bench today, and between that and all the IR positions that we have, it just does not look good. I think that we could make, like, some of those things we have, we were streaming that Vikings defense. We streamed that kicker to replace our broken kicker. We were streaming a tight end to replace our tight end. So yeah, we, I think can, most of them we haven't
1: even really talked about this yet. You guys might see one of those knockdown, drag-out fights. <laughs> Getting <laughs> glitzed behind the curtain right now. But, yeah,
3: we're going to have to do some soul-searching on that.
0: So it sounds like Despite all this, you're not willing to take any bullshit trade offers. Like, you'll take a loss before you take a bullshit trade offer. But, I mean, should people start throwing some stuff at you just in case? Oh, yeah. We're
3: always we're always entertaining offers.
0: Counter stuff Counter offers. We don't love
1: it. Is yeah. it the only team that hasn't accepted a trade? I feel there's not a ton of trades.
0: There's a yeah, lot of trades. No, nah, there's not a lot of trades in this league. And, and it turns out I was wrong. You guys pulled out some history on me today. Like, I, I mean, so that's pretty dope. You guys, you, you guys did have a trade. And it actually makes sense why you guys haven't had many trades after that if you got raped. But I don't know. You could argue that if there was a time for you guys to make a trade, it could be right now if the right offer comes your way.
3: The right offer comes our way. We're up. We've are we actually, it should be noted, we've actually sent a few offers out in the last
0: week or two um,
3: in response. So we actually discussed this amongst ourselves. You know, a reconciliation, a reconciliation session that uh, maybe we should entertain some trades. So we did actually offer Taylor a counter trade, which he like sent us like a two-page essay and laughed at us and reminded us that we were last placed in the league. But then we offered a couple other tr- trades out, which were quickly, quickly uh, turned down. But we're still, still in the market, and, and nothing. Okay. I guess, I guess that nobody's untouchable really. If the right offer comes along. All
0: right, let me sum this up. I mean, even if you guys started off a little rough. Dude, you guys are still currently third all-time wins list. Chris Hill headed the pack 56, Justin 54, but you guys are right there at 51. So you guys got a winning history going on. It sounds like it's Shane's birthday. He needs to get some drinking in. Waiver claims clear tonight. So you guys have to talk some serious fucking strategy here. I won't keep you. Good luck getting your shit together.
3: Maybe 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 look in your inbox for some trade offers in the near future as well.
0: I'm, I'm open, man. I'm open. Yeah. All right. Thank you, brother. Cheers. All right, that was good shit from Shane and Adam. They got some big decisions to make tonight. I mean, when you got seven people to replace on bye week, who do you take as number one with your waiver claims? They clearly don't want to take a loss from Taylor, but they got to seriously consider some trades. They do have a solid looking roster, but nobody wants to be two and five. I mean, like my boys Freddie Mercury and David Bowie put it, they're under pressure. Well, let's see what's coming our way in week seven. LPC versus Forgiven Fournette, Taylor's new squad name. We already talked a bit about this one. Taylor could be firing in all cylinders here, minus Stefan Diggs, and we'll see if he ends up starting JD McKissick. The real question here is what the fuck are Shane and Adam gonna do? You can only do so much with waivers. Who are you gonna drop? What kind of trade offers are they gonna get? Will they lower the trade value standards to get just to get a win this week? I'll put this out there. I mean, after our conversation, I did offer AJ Brown for Adam Thielen straight up. We'll see if they actually take that. They traditionally don't take risk on trades, but can they afford to be two and five? That's the fucking question here. By the way, Taylor leads the all time series, four to three. Riot Punch vs. Kaepernick's Afro. Radke's coming off his first loss of the season. He's 5-1. and one. Blake's coming off his first game with a new team name. He's 3-3. Three and three. Despite being 5-1, and one, Radke has scored 875 points this year. Blake, he's at 896. Blake has taken the second most points against him at 940. Radke has only taken 719 points against him. Nobody else is even in the 700s for points against. But when you see stats like this, it seems like they're due to correct themselves. But now, let's factor in bye week. This week, Blake has four guys out on bye. Trevor Lawrence, Marvin Jones, Mike Williams, and his kicker. Radke has nobody on bye. What players will Blake pull out of his afro this week? Oh, and by the way, the all-time series here is tied 2-2. Two to two. We got the danimals first the buffalo expectations andrew and pollock they got four players on by this week the buffalo d their kicker chase claypool but most notably austin fucking eckler debo has nobody on by what the fuck are andrew and pollock gonna do here are they gonna ride it out with sam Darnold, at qb are they gonna drop the buffalo defense they have a solid squad on paper just like the lpc but can they afford to drop to two and five could they be looking to make a trade this week? All I know is when they line up in the trenches this week, they're staring at a team that has been punched in the mouth a lot this season. A squad that got fucked on some shit last week. A team that is ready to shank a bitch right in the kidneys. Debo has some horses, and he would like nothing more than to see Andrew and Pollock take another L and fall to 2-5. and five. Debo leads the series here 6-3. to three. Somebody call Daniel Day-Lewis. No matter what, there will be blood. Victory formation versus the Cousin Fuckers. Here's another matchup that we can't even look at on paper right now. What we know for sure is that Bunis and Tim have George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and Will Fuller on the IR. Justin's got Chris Carson and David Montgomery on the IR. Bunis and Tim, they got Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh defense and Keenan Allen on bye week Justin has Dawson Knox, Justin Jefferson, Dallas defense, and Zach Moss on bye week But what we know for sure is that Tom Brady's going head-to-head with Jalen Hurts. We know the cousin fuckers are higher up on waiver claims than the victory formation. What's left to be determined here is who has the biggest boner for winning this week. We'll find out based on what moves are made prior to the matchup. Justin leads the all-time series six to five. Moose Knucklers versus the Old Dirty Bastards. Chris Hill, he's got Tony Pollard, Emmanuel Sanders out on bye. Ryan's got Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper on bye. Ryan's lost five fucking games in a row. I actually called Ryan's wife, Christy. I just wanted to make sure Ryan's doing okay. She said Ryan's not allowed back in the house, and he can't even see the kids until he wins again in fantasy. Obviously, there's a lot riding on this game for Ryan. Chris obviously isn't a fan of losing, so he's not going to make it easy here. Kyler Murray versus Tannehill. Advantage Chris. Devontae Adams vs. Julio Jones. Advantage Ryan. TJ Hawkinson versus Noah Fant. That's a fucking tie. So Ryan leads the series here 5-2. to two. By the way, Ryan's beat Chris Hill more than anyone else in this league. We'll see if Ryan can get back home this week. Last but not least, this week the Mazel Tov Cocktails are going face to crotch with the hottest team in the league right now, Jamie fucking Lopez. It's really more of a matter of whose face and who's crotch. Dak Prescott and Josh Allen, they're both on by this week. Unfortunately for Jamie, that's about it for me. I mean, he's got CeeDee Lamb, James Robinson on bye. Kareem Hunt is out on the I- IR. He does have Corderell Patterson and Calvin Ridley coming back this week. Derek Carr is backup quarterback. I mean, I know Jamie can pull this shit off, just like he's been pulling his shit off into the league trophy. I see you, Jamie. I respect you as a competitor, and that's why win or lose, I'm going to punch you in the liver this week. Even if you win... You're gonna be peeing blood, my friend. By the way, the all-time series is tied five to five. Big matchup right here. All right, motherfuckers. I'm about to wrap this week's pod. I just got a call from Taylor Gillespie though last night. I'm sure it was like two AM Eastern time. Started talking about my interview with Shane and Adam, and I thought it'd be entertaining to get his perspective on this trade offer, so I hit record. So I, I interviewed Shane and Adam earlier today, and uh, I was trying to reference the trade that you told me about, but I totally forgot what it was. What what was this trade again? I offered him, uh,
2: I was going for Edwards Hilaire. It was uh, Davis, Gusecki, Jerry Judy, and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Basically for Hilaire, and like, the rest of their bench, and like, uh, they weren't having it. They wanted Diggs. They wanted McLaurin and Diggs and, like, nothing else. It was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> and Edward Hilaire went on uh, like an IR that week.
0: Oh, my God. So you're telling me they could have made this trade with you, and then you would have been fucked by having Edward Hilaire on the IR, and they would have got Well,
2: yeah, man, I would have, like, traded away, my basically working for a flex position. So I was willing to trade. You know, my tight end would, like, dude, Gusecki's gone off. So at this point, like you know, that was, I mean, that was the week before. Yeah, yeah. Like, what am I, saying? you know? Gizeki is he's playing well. I mean, Jerry Judy had a great last year. Who knows what's gonna happen? But I feel like he's gonna come back to Denver. You know, that was my play. I mean, Odell Beckham's Odell Beckham, but he's still somebody. And like the Browns are in shambles. Who knows? They're talking about you know trading him to the the Packers. I'm like, ooh, Odell Beckham with like a Devonte Adams and the Packers have been great. I, don't know. I I'm so happy I didn't make the trade now. Well, goddamn, you know. They have such a good team to start, man, pre-draft. I mean, God, they're dangerous.
0: We'll see. All right, man. I mean, who, who's going to win that matchup this week? I mean, they have
2: like seven guys on bye, so I don't know. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> if I lose, i'm gonna be so mad at myself. I think I have to win i mean it's karma for you know I mean the trade that they offered me back was like they you know they wanted to trade me for Diggs and McLaurin for like nothing, and everyone wants to win the trade too much. It's true like no one wants to like give up like like hey, if I need a running back, I have great wide receivers, maybe I need to give up my best wide receiver to get like an okay running back, but also a good wide receiver and possibly a tight end. So I score more points out of more positions. Of no doubt. Um,
0: words of wisdom from Taylor Gillespie. So there it is. A little peek into the mind of Taylor at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday night. Or is it a Wednesday morning? Anyways, always interesting to hear these dynamics of trade offers. But for reals, though, that's all we got this week. Good luck on the gridiron this week, you sons of bitches to mish out.